Okay, we are come to the last animal sermon lesson. Last one because next week it is uh, Thanksgiving, of course, and we won't have Sunday school next week. So we come to the last one. We kind of come to the last one because we've done every animal we can think of just about, too. There's a couple left that we'll talk about, but I've really enjoyed doing these. I think Levi has too. It's just kind of fun. Uh, when you were raised like I was with animals, you know, it's, it's different. You think differently. Not only on the farm did I have lots of, every, we watched Dr. Pole. Anybody watch the incredible Dr. Pole? Love Dr. Pole. He reminds me of Uncle Ed. So if you want to get an idea of what he was like, he really does. He sort of looks like him. Uh, but, uh, you know, I told you, when I was young, I used to sleep with a deer. So not many people can say that. So I slept with a deer. He sucked on my ear while we were sleeping. So anybody else had that experience? <laughs> animals, animals are fun and wonderful to have. We had lots of experiences, so... Uh, fun to go back and think of these things too. We're going to look at the bear today. A couple of different ones. We start with a bear, and uh, <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 17. <clears throat> Lessons you can learn from a bear. In verse Proverbs 17, verse number 12. Let a bear robbed of her whelps meet a man rather than a fool in his folly. Uh, my brother was a biologist for the state of Colorado and the state of Montana for a long time. And they hired him, they'd drop him off in the mountains with a plane, leave him there for three, four days, and he would go through an area and look it all over and camp there and then they'd come and pick him up and get a report because they wanted to know what was going on and one of the things that were big on the list was grizz grizzly bears and he said he came over the mountain and he was going down through this spot and he said boy it sure looks like a bear trail to me and so he got far away from it and camped out. <laughs> he came back the next day, and there was Mama Grizz there. Uh, and he said, I froze and stood very carefully because what was missing was the two cubs. And so he stood still and waited, and, and she kind of... Well, Grizz, you don't mess with Grizz. And so he, he got away, and he radioed in, come and get me, get me out of here. Uh, and we will not open this area for any trails, for any kind of work. There's a grizzly bear with cubs in there. You just don't go there. They're far too dangerous. That's what he says here. Let a bear robbed of her whelps, which is a dangerous bear, and particularly if you're between the cubs and them. <laughs> you don't want to be between them. Better see that than a fool in his folly. Or in other words, a foolish man is a dangerous man. 
And if you're going to get hooked up with one, if you listen to him, get hooked up with him, you can expect that to work out very poorly. It's a bad thing. So in this world, how many foolish voices have you heard just lately? <laughs> I mean, I, I can't even stand it. I turn the TV, my, my wife's got TV, I turn it off. I don't want to hear idiots anymore. Uh, there's enough foolishness in the world, to, more than enough to go around. And here in the Psalms, he says, better to meet a bear, cub, bear with no cubs uh, robbed of her whelps or she's looking for those cubs than to hang around with a foolish man. So he's telling us, warning us that as dangerous as a bear is, it's going to be worse for you if you follow the advice of a fool. That's pretty good advice. Proverbs chapter number 28. Another section about a bear. Proverbs 28. I'm looking at verse number 15. Proverbs 28, 15. As a roaring lion, as a ranging bear, so is a wicked ruler over the poor people. A ranging bear, he says, is is tough. (laughs) He had a guy that worked for him in Montana and there was a huge lake up in the mountains, and out in the middle of the lake was an island. And there were grizzlies on the island. And one of his biologists went every year and got a boat. He had to go, because it was quite a ways, big, huge lake. And he went out to the island, walked around, checked the grizzly bears, and, and uh, uh, kept an eye on them, get back in his boat, and go home. He said, well, one day he went out to the Island, and he got out of the boat, and a ranging bear came and ate him right on the shore. Just took him right down, ate him right there. He said, and hadn't done that the whole time, but the attitude of the bear was bad that day. And he says, Don't mess with a ranging bear, or he's out looking for trouble. He's going to hurt you bad. And so bad rulers, he said, are like that. They hurt poor people. Poor rulers in correct, in the places that they shouldn't be, I should say, uh, will really hurt poor people. We may experience some of that, my friends. We may find out what that's all about. Isaiah chapter 11, another bear comparison, Isaiah Chapter number 11. This is one of those really happy sections of Scripture. Isaiah chapter 11. A little more about a bear. I'm going to start reading at verse 7. The cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like an ox. And now you don't see that today. You don't see cows in the pasture with bears next to them eating grass. That's not how it is, okay? Same way with a lion. He doesn't eat straw. 
He says, verse 8, the sucking child shall play on the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den, or little babies can play with poisonous snakes and poisonous spiders. Why, why was that? Verse 9, they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters shall cover the sea. What he's talking about is when Jesus returns to earth, sets up his kingdom, what he does is he rolls back what we call the curse. Now there's a curse on nature. And God, when Adam sinned, God said, I'm going to put a curse on nature. And so nature is always, and Paul says, nature is groaning. It's saying, oh, oh, because of the stress in the world. There's a tremendous amount of stress in nature. That's why the lion eats the lamb and the bear kills the calf and uh, the snake bites and so forth because there's a tremendous amount of stress. And that happened when sin entered the world. The animal kingdom doesn't like it. They're under the curse. And he says, when I roll back the curse, when Jesus comes, here's what happens. The earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. God will send us teachers all over the world, and he will tell us, teach people about me. And we will have a job to do, to spread that knowledge. And he said, it's going to be just like the waters covering the whole world. God will educate the human population as to who God is that time. And how are they going to argue when he's sitting on the throne? <laughs> you know, when he shows up and they all say, man, we don't think there's a real God. There he is. <laughs> and when he rolls back the stress out of the world and takes the stress out of the world, this is going to be a wonderful place. I've always said I'd love to lay on a tiger. Are they the most gorgeous creatures that God ever made a tiger? How would you like to put your head on one? Well, I got a plan. I'm going to get a chance to do that. And so uh, he talks about the bear who naturally would kill the cow or whatever he comes in contact with. He says, he's not going to do that because when Jesus comes, stress is gone. Sounds like a good inviting thing, does it not? Jesus comes, stress is gone. All right, let's go to another creature, the leopard. Leopard. Another beautiful creation, a big cat, the leopards. Jeremiah chapter number 13. Jeremiah chapter number 13. Jeremiah is noted for his questions. He makes great questions, very thoughtful ones and thought-provoking. And his, his book is full of questions. If you just sometime go through and look at his questions, they're wonderful. Here's one of his famous questions. Jeremiah, verse 13, verse 23. Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Then may you also do good that are accustomed to do evil. 
He says, a leopard can't say, I'd like to get rid of these spots today see if we can shake them off. Maybe we'll go swimming and they'll disappear. They are part of his genetic makeup. He says, the Ethiopian has dark skin and he can't wash it off and make it white. And the same thing is true of a leopard. He can't get rid of his spots. He is made that way. And so he says, you and I cannot reform we cannot reform. It is part of our nature. Doing wrong is not just a habit that we can break. It is a part of our nature, part of who we are. And so people who teach reformation right, say, well, you can get better. You get better. You work at it. You'll get better. No, no, we got to get saved and have a whole new being Put in us. That's what it takes. All right. It takes God coming into us, making us new all over. So, because that old thing that is our nature cannot be reformed any more than a leopard can get rid of his spots. He is, they're bred into him. So, sin is bred into us. It's a part of our nature. All right. Here, let's look at this one. This is a, Kind of a fascinating one. Revelation chapter number 13. Revelations. Chapter number 13. And starting at verse 1. Something about a leopard. I stood on the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, upon his horns ten crowns, upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him power and his seat and great authority. Now he's talking about the Antichrist. He says, I locked and I saw this person. I identified him by ten heads and ten crowns. You know, it was the Antichrist. The Bible explains that as we go along. And the name of blasphemy, he's against God, Antichrist. I see this guy come up. And I describe him with three ways. He's got the feet of a bear. That is, they are strong, really strong, to do damage. Now, my brother was down in Rachel Wood uh, Place down in Pennsylvania. And they fenced in 5,000 acres of property down there. The rich people, the Carnegie Steel Mellon family, uh, fenced in a whole mountain 5,000 acres with deer-proof fence, this huge, big fence. And uh, they had elk in there. They had red deer. They had mouflon sheep from the Mediterranean. They had all these exotic species in there. And he worked there for a couple of years, and we went there quite a few times. Fascinating thing. Well, a bear is the only creature that could go over the fence. Just like that. He could go over the fence and... Uh, so we'd drive around at night through the trails up in the mountain, and you'd see a bear. And we pulled around a corner. There was a tub 
had five, 55 gallon drums cut off and they put food in there for the elk and the deer and whatever was in there. Well, the bears would climb over the fence and sit in a tub and eat grain. And we saw this little bear in the tub eating grain. And all of a sudden we heard this mama saying, get out of there. And that little bear went zoom up over that fence and two seconds was gone. Well, what happened with the bears is they'd come in and they'd eat and they had these oak feeders made of one inch oak boards and they were about this tall and wide and they'd fill them with grain and the deer could eat out of the bottom. Well, the bear would come and eat the grain. And when the grain was gone, he'd get mad. And he'd take that oak feeder and smash it into splinters. Absolutely just crush it. No grain left, me angry. Tear that thing into <laughs> tiny pieces. He says, so the feet of a bear, very powerful, is what the Antichrist has. He says he's got the mouth of a lion, and there's nothing more efficient killer than a lion. So we know he's extremely dangerous. He will crush, he will kill and destroy. But he says he's also like a leopard. Antichrist is like a leopard. That is, he has the ability to stalk and sneak up and then pounce. And so when he comes, people will not see him as dangerous. You'll think, oh, he's okay. Don't worry, he's sneaking up. He's going to show you just how dangerous he is. And so the leopard, the sneaking up power of a leopard is here used to describe Antichrist as one who will appear to be peaceful, appear to be a great leader. Don't kid yourself. He's sneaking up, stalking up so that he could kill you. He is like a leopard. All right. Now, there's one more creature left in our series, Proverbs chapter 30. As we went through and picked out animals, I'm sure there's a few more that we have missed, some of the smaller ones, but we got almost all the large animals and even everything from an ant, right, up to uh, uh, locusts, all sorts of things. Proverbs chapter 30, and I'm looking at verse 29, as we go to the third animal, which is a goat. We finish up with goats. We got some goats, don't we, here in the group? Got some goats. Proverbs 30, verse 29. There be three things which go well, yea, four are comely in going. That is, uh, they make great progress, they can get done what they want done. First one is a lion, which is strongest among beasts, and turneth not away for anything. You see pictures of him trying to take down an elephant, you know, or a rhinoceros. It's amazing, uh, but they are really something. He won't be stopped. And then a greyhound, he mentions, that's a very fast dog. He get wherever he wants to, and you can't catch him. I think Bree and John have a greyhound like dog over there. He's a greyhound to me. 
He goes like crazy. Them legs can can do six, eight feet in one bound. In other words, you can't stop that movement. It's very fast. And a he-goat also, that is a goat who pushes you around. Those of you who have ever been mere grown male goats know not to turn your back. That is not a good thing to do. They want to, those horns are made for pushing. They push each other. You've seen pictures of the goats up in the mountains, right? Hitting each other full speed ahead. Amazing. Bang! I push, push you around. They get done what they want by pushing you around. And the last one, of course, is a king against, against whom there is no rising up. Uh, sometimes a leader can be powerful so much so you can't do anything about it. There have been some evil men who are no, nothing more than a lion or a goat pushing people around. Proverbs 27, Proverbs 27, back a couple pages. Verse 23, be diligent to know the state of thy flocks and look well to thy herds. Uh, if you got animals, you got to take special care of them. I grew, grew up with Uncle Ed. He took really good care of his herds, excellent care. I learned a lot of things. I watched Dr. Paul say, I did that, we did that, I did that. They were giving magnets to cows. I said to my wife, I used to do that. He'd say, give that cow a magnet. She said, you did that? Yeah, I just it on his throat. <laughs> Got to take care of the flocks. For riches are not forever. And doth the crown endure to every generation. All right. If you have what you have, which is a blessing from God, take care of it. The hay appeareth, and the tender grass showeth itself. The herbs of the mountain are gathered. The lambs are for thy clothing, and the goats are the price of the field. Thou shalt have goat's milk enough for thy food, and the food of thy household for the maintenance of thy maidens. You take care of the blessings that God has given you. The lambs will give you wool so you can make clothes. He says the goats are the price of the field, and if you have goat's milk, it'll... Feed your family, take care of your household, and it'll be a blessing. And so he says the blessings of God come not so we can waste them, but so that we can use them wisely. And the goats are part of that who provide that thing. All right. And so we got one more to look at, and then we'll be done. Psalm number 50. This is a good one to end our series with. Psalm number 50. God speaking here. Psalm number 50, verse 7. Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel. I will testify against thee. I am God, even thy God. You need to listen to me. I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifice of thy burnt offerings to have been continually before me. I will take no bullock out of thy house, nor he goats out of thy folds. 
For every beast of the forest is mine, cattle on a thousand hills. We used to sing a song. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the wealth in every mine. He owns the rivers and the rocks and rills, the sun and stars that shine. Wonderful, more than tongue can tell. He is my father, so they're mine as well. And he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Comes from this psalm where he says, look. You know, you're going to bring me a bull. Say, this is my offering. What do I want with a bull? You want to bring me a goat? I'm offering this goat. I don't want your goats. I own every cattle on every hill. I own all the goats. I own everything. The world is mine. And then I like what he says, verse 12. If I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> For the world is mine and the fullness thereof. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Is that what I want? Is that what I want from you? He said, no, here's what I want. Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows to the Most High. There you go. How do we know what God wants? He said, I don't need your bulls and your goats. I don't need those. I own them all anyway. I'm not hungry needing something from you. But what I would like from you is to hear your voice say thank you. Doesn't seem like much to ask, does it? Then why we got to wind ourselves up at Thanksgiving? <laughs> Every year we wind ourselves up like a clock. Let's get all wound up for Thanksgiving so we're thankful when we sit down to that big turkey dinner. Let's make sure we're thankful. He says, that's what I want from you. Really what I'm asking for is not your goats. Keep your goats. Because I want your voice to say thank you. So I hope you'll do that. Remember to say thank you to God. That's what he really wants. He says, I don't need things from you, but your heart, your thankful heart. All right. Thank you very much. It's been a fun series. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you.